0: Boom, boom, lick shut. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards, and welcome to another episode of the Father Market Protocol. Or as Yoda would say, another episode of Protocol we welcome you to. Yo, and I think this episode we dedicating to, to the Forthcoming, still almost two years away. The Star Wars uh the Star Wars universe continuing, man. I think we're all excited. Uh yes, yes, applause. Applause for the true uh the true Star Wars heads in the building. Yo, as always, we in the building, man. Mike actually, he's got the sounds cracking, but he just went to get some water because we just had some pizza and it was good. Um and so I apologize in advance because I think I'm still salivating. You know how you eat something, but your mouth is still uh, moist and watering. Wow, this sounded real This just took a weird turn. My mouth is moist and it's watering. It's watering for your ears, and I appreciate your ears as you listen to me on the Fothermuckin' Protocol, man. <laughs> as always, man, want to thank y'all for tuning in and uh, checking us out every week, man. Check me out, and... and- My merry band of of people that come in and out of my life when it comes to this podcast. Vessi's not here. Um, Mike's not here. This is actually the first time I'm truly flying solo, huh? Uh, No one else is here but me, so I look real crazy sitting here talking into a microphone with no one but me, myself, and I. Um, Y'all, and as always, you know, please, uh, you know, keep supporting. Support the movement, now. Uh, support the the Bucket Protocol, man, on all things Comedy Network, uh, or you can check it out on SoundCloud, or tell a friend to check it out on iTunes, we on iTunes, leave comments, subscribe, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, man, and make sure you like us, make sure you follow and uh, keep following us, man, we, we stay on this, uh, this ride. Oftentimes, you'll hear me refer to we or us, and that probably feeds into The mild schizophrenia I have. Uh, Some of my friends always get on me because, like, who are you talking about, we? I'm talking about we because, like I said, we we have uh, my man Joseph Bessie, who's the producer of this podcast, this wonderful podcast, who also has his own podcast called The Callback, which more people should be checking out. And make sure you go check out The Callback, which is also on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, And check out his podcast, support him, follow Bessie on uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Joseph Bessie, B-E-C-S-E-Y. Um, and uh, as always, Big Mike's on the sounds. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at I am Dean Edwards. Why? Because that's who I am. Uh, you know, it's we're in full bloom of summer, man. Summer is out. We We're now into the full swing of 90-degree weather. I don't know how I feel about it. I know how I feel about it. It's hot. I can't stand it when it gets this hot, man. This is the weather. This is the weather that makes you go to movies you don't want to see just because you know the movie theater has AC. And I would say free AC, but in downtown Brooklyn, you're paying $14, $15 uh, for the movie. So I'm gonna guess at least three of those dollars go to the AC bill. Uh, um, you know, I uh as I said, you know, we, we wanted to address a talk about Star Wars. Now listen, I'm um whatever you want to call it, I'm a Star Wars nerd. All right. Uh this this goes back to that this the year I turned seven years old. I remember it was I believe Star Wars came out in May of nineteen seventy seven. So I actually was still six years old. So I was in I was in I was Finishing first grade, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and I remember the commercial for Star Wars, uh, and not knowing what is it. Anyone that's into Star Wars knows when it first came out, you had no idea what what this movie was, what it was going to be about, who these people were, which I guess is why. They went with, at the time, um, unknown actors you weren't really familiar with. Uh, I think uh, Mark Hamill. I had never seen Mark Hamill, um, nor Carrie Fisher, and I believe Harrison Ford was a carpenter. Um, But it it hit like a ton of bricks, man. The commercial, the specific part of the commercial I remember was they showed Luke Skywalker swinging. They were in the Death Star. And he was wearing, <laughs> and I remember saying, why does he have on a dress? Because Luke Skywalker had on like this robe tied at the hip and, and these, these sort of uh these kung fu pants. <laughs> and you know what always struck me as odd about Star Wars? And this is even back back then. I remember saying to myself, "Oh, how many days have passed and why have they not changed their clothes? Does anyone have on deodorant? Wouldn't they be a little sweaty by now? I haven't seen any sweat. I mean, I would imagine the Death Star is air-conditioned because, I mean, these stormtroopers are walking around in these uh, heavy, heavy uniforms, and therefore it has to be air-conditioned. But you don't want it. You want it probably a little cooler than room temp because if it's too high, then walking around in those in those stormtrooper uniforms going to be cold. Do are they naked under those stormtrooper uniforms or do they have like a bodysuit on perhaps? Uh maybe something made out of uh spandex? I don't even know do the why am I saying spandex when I'm still a kid and I don't even know what spandex is. These are thoughts that went through my mind as a kid. What do stormtroopers wear? Where's the AC in the uh what happens if the air conditioner goes out in the Death Star? These are questions you have to ask yourself. Who does maintenance on the Death Star? You know, like at the end of Star Wars, when uh, X-Wings were crashing into the, uh, as, as, as uh, one of the uh, commanders said, negative, just impacted the surface. Like, were those the, the outer layers of the Death Star, who got to stay in those rooms? You know, those apartments. If you got a room with a view, were you higher up in the empire, or were you more apt to, uh, you know, work in C shift? These are just things you gotta ponder to yourself. Um, so I remember seeing the commercial and saying, I don't know what it is, but I want to see more of it. And so I remember we went, my family and I, and at the time it was just. Uh,
1: well, nah, you
0: know, my, my, my sister had just been born. And I don't think we had a sitter. So, yes, we were that family that went in with a baby. I hate that family now when I, because I like watching my movie and not hearing a baby cry. But I think I could be mistaken because we went to see Star Wars a couple of times. I remember I saw it one time with my family. I think my dad snuck off and took us one time, and the one time my dad took Grandpa and my brother and I to see this movie, and it was amazing. And it's funny because George Lucas, I don't even know if he knew what he was doing and knew what kind of impact it would have on on an entire on generations, really. But dude had us locked, man. He had he. It was you know what it was because. I think prior to that, the special effects had never been pushed to that limit. Like, uh, I'm thinking of all the, the movies i had seen with special effects. Like, I think i would seen Jaws. And the special effects were more about just having a, a big fish that was menacing and evil. Um, but we had never seen special effects on such a grand scale, man. And seeing, you know, that opening scene where you saw the Star Destroyer flying into... First of all, just just the fact that you went to a movie and it wasn't a foreign movie and it wasn't an independent movie and you were reading was was amazing because I remember when it opened up, it said a long time ago in the galaxy far away, and then... And it opened and it says Star Wars and then the scroll uh, and, uh, a New Hope and then the 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 scrolling text began and you know i think i had just learned to read so i'm i think my father probably had to read read along with me and he's trying to read as quickly as possible because he wants to make sure he gets everything and understands what everything's going on and i still didn't understand i didn't understand the the entire scope of star wars until my adult years i didn't understand that they were dealing with with uh power and politics and the rebellion and, and uh you know I didn't understand what a Grand Moff Tarkin was I think that was what it was called I didn't understand uh imp- empires and Imperial I just I thought it sounded cool but you know I didn't understand until years later I was like oh so there's a there's a sort of hierarchy of power and even though Darth Vader or Lord Vader as as it was was uh when remember there was a there was a scene uh anyway it was like no, uh, don't be too proud of your techno. This is Vader. This is this is actually why a bunch of my friends, specifically Rich Pierre Louis, uh, gets annoyed with me because I, uh, I I think I do honestly quote something from the Star Wars lexicon at least once and probably a few times a day. There's a scene where they're talking about uh, talking about the Death Star being fully operational. Uh, I suggest you use it, and then then Vader comes in. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. And yo, I'm getting goosebumps right now, because so, it was you. Were like, yo, this dude is gully. Because then another another one of the uh, senators started talking junk about about uh, Darth Vader and him subscribing to the Force and the ways of the dark side of the Force. He was like. And, and he was saying how no one's intimidated by him. And then Vader, it is, it is cool, all black. I'm a bad for the bucket tone. Hit him with, I find your lack of faith disturbing. And he started strangling it, dude. And then, geez, um, I think, why do I feel like I'm a... Peter Cushing played him. Um, uh, I think it was talking. Um, their leader said, Vader, enough as you wish. And I just like that was when for me, people always ask me, yo, what uh what was the first voice? Or when did you first know you do impressions? And I think Vader might have been one of my first impressions. Like I think Bugs Bunny, eh, Bugs Bunny was one of the originals too. But Darth Vader, man, because you know it because he made evil cool. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader, that's the quote is saying, Darth Vader made evil cool. Prior to that, no one had worn, at least for me, no one wore being bad as boldly and as coolly as Vader, uh, Lord of the Sith, had. And yo, I remember leaving the movie and this is when you know a movie is big, when you're, you and your brother or your siblings leave saying who you are. And so I think my brother was like, I'm Darth Vader. I was like, well, I'm Luke Skywalker. And that Christmas, Christmas 77, I think we had both gotten we we got uh we got lightsabers. We got lightsabers for Christmas, probably the the following that year. I probably had a Star Wars. I know I had a Star Wars lux, lunchbox. And then I started collecting uh Star Wars figures. That was so Christmas 77. I, I think I had the uh, the Millennium Falcon waiting under the Christmas tree when I woke up, the Millennium Falcon, a bunch of Star Wars figures. Cause you could the, the worst Christmas gift. Your parents could get the worst mistake any parent could make. And I think this still holds true is getting someone an incomplete gift. No child hates anything more than getting an incomplete gift on Christmas morning. So by an incomplete gift, uh, I'll say it's like, for example, if your parents bought you a Millennium Falcon, but they didn't get you any figures to play along with. You were pissed off, man, on Christmas morning because you're sitting there and your parents are like, no, but it's a Millennium Falcon, you can put it put it together. You're like, yeah, but I can't play with it. Who's gonna sit and pilot it? I need a hand solo and Chewbacca. I need uh, I need him. Uh, I need Chewbacca. So even if you had hand solo, you're like, Where's where's Chewbacca? He needs a co-pilot. And your parents didn't understand. Your parents, obviously, you never heard me say anything like this because, A, my parents uh, looked down, and I remember I had, like, a gang of Star Wars figures, but, b, I, I knew better than to talk back to my parents and talk fly like I wasn't grateful for getting something. If you got something and you weren't happy with it, you just sucked it up and you you talked junk with your brother and sister in the room, like, shoot, ain't, ain't gonna get me... Million Falcon ain't gonna get me Chewbacca with Han Solo. I don't care. I ain't even want. It. i do just I didn't take the they got Lee. Then, then you start talking junk about what they got. Got got Lee what he wanted. It got him when well, he wanted the Planet of the Apes action figures. It got him or action figures it ain't give me no. He got Cornelius and Zero. but and and, and he only gets me Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, and, and and Han Solo. But no Chewbacca. I don't care. I ain't, I ain't want Chewbacca. But fortunately, my parents got me. I got a, I got the X-Wing. I got the X-Wing, and I got the, the Millennium Falcon. And oh, and you know what else I got? I got my parents laced us. And I got uh this. Might, I might be fast forward. Maybe I got some of these for my birthday, like the following year. But I got uh, the, tie, the Imperial TIE Fighter. And then I got Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. And Darth Vader's Tie Fighter was was a little different, yeah. The wings the wings were were uh, arched, whereas the Imperial Tie Fighters were really just square. Um, Vader had had a uh, curved had curved uh, wings on his Tie Fighter. It was dope too, man, because they had something that you you held it from the back, but you pressed the button. I sound like a real nerd right now. But I am. I'm a Star Wars nerd. I have no problem admitting that, man. Star Wars helped make and shape my my uh, entire adolescence, man. And it still shapes me now. That's what it was. I remember. I learned how to do the the breathe. I learned how to do the Darth Vader breath. I went to school after I learned how to do it. And I was because he had a little click. In the, in the middle of it, that's for all those out there. I told them, I, I told them, might just walk back in with my water, so you could tell how parched I was. Um, but I was telling everyone that that was one of the first impressions I ever did was was uh, was Darth Vader, because 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 for some odd reason, I, I know I was younger and I had a high voice, but I could do deep voices. Um, so yeah, man, uh. You know, Star Wars made me, and an then by the time and the beauty of the original Star Wars, man, was that they were all spaced out three years. And by the time Empire Strikes Back, you know what? I, I was about to do something real pompous. I was going to say by the time Empire came out, because people that are in the know, you know, that's what you do. You you don't say the full title because you're you're a real you you feel like you, you own part of Lucasfilm you know and you're like you know when uh, when empire uh first first dropped uh you know or or well that empire was number 2 jedi was number 3 and uh yeah when when empire dropped empire dropped in 80 and that's what you said oh okay so they're coming out every 3 years so the next one's going to come out in 83 and sure enough jedi return of the jedi came out in uh in in 1983, and that was the summer of breakdancing and Princess Leia half naked. <laughs> it was well, here's was funny. Mike just brought up a good point. It was originally Revenge of the Jedi, and I don't know if I told a lot of people this, but because my my mom's worked, uh, my mother was a uh, was copy chief, uh, for Cosmopolitan magazine, so. We used to have access to a lot of, a lot of, I guess, uh industry stuff. She knew I had sort of a fascination with with Hollywood and 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 all things uh Hollywood. She worked at ABC before that. So when I was a kid, she brought home these uh, she had still shots uh that obviously ABC had as some sort of promo package of the six million dollar man which was dope. I was like, yo, I got pictures of a $6 million man. Joe Rock ain't got... Joe Rock... Joseph Rock was, was my best friend growing up. So, so that's what you always did When you had something your friend didn't... Your, you compare to your best friend. you like, Joe Rock ain't got this. Joe Rock ain't got a picture of a $6 million man. And Oscar Goldman? I'm nice, son. So uh, my mother had... uh, She had gotten a poster... We probably still have it buried somewhere in the basement. Now, I think you know what we threw it out. Cause back then, my brother and I collected comic books, but we weren't we we weren't looking at things like, oh, this will be a collector's edition one day. This is gonna be a collectible. But we had there was a it was a it was like a a, a folder that when you open the front flap, the the front was just like uh I think maybe it says Star Wars and and you open one flap, and it had it had the uh, movie poster for Star Wars and said, we started with Star Wars. And then the second one, and then uh, continued with uh, Empire Strikes Back. And then you open both flaps and said, the saga con- continues or the saga concludes. And it said, with Revenge of the Jedi. And I was like, yo, this is dope. Guess what we did with this? We used it as a dartboard. As a matter of fact, we used it not as a dartboard, but this is back when uh, you either... If you lived around the way you you were, you were into Star Wars and kung fu movies, kung fu theater, and Bruce Lee. And so my brother and I, we had a, a collection of uh, shurikens, Chinese stars. And so we... Yeah, so we used to use the Revenge of the Jedi poster as... As a shuriken dartboard to try and throw, we used to, we messed our apartment up, man. We like we we destroyed that our bedroom. And uh years later, I guess before Return of the Jedi came out, a story came out where uh George Lucas he he said, you know what, a Jedi would never seek revenge. Because a Jedi, similar to the Kung Fu movies, which is probably why uh we like kung fu movies along with the Star Wars uh, universe because a Jedi was similar to a Shaolin monk. Omidavol. Oh, That's from my days when I trained at USA Shaolin Temple. Oh, uh Train hard to mochi. <laughs> and uh, so a Jedi, a, a Sith would seek revenge. Revenge of the Sith, but a Jedi always seeks balance in the force and, and peace. And so uh, so they changed the title. So this thing that my brother and I destroyed became this collector's edition. Uh, a couple of months too late for us. But we ruined that joint. But it still holds a special place in my heart. So fast forward, uh, I think uh, by the time, I'm going to say around 1980, 80, 81, around Empire Strikes Back, this is when, when my brother and I, we had our mild klepto incident in one... On Christmas, my brother stole like probably about 40 Star Wars figures. <laughs> ah <laughs> Yo, he looked out. He looked out. Like he 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 you know what it was? He had a vest. He had this little vest. And he had a system. We we'd ride our bikes out to uh Toys R Us in uh Cross County from Mount Vernon and yeah, yeah, because Toys R Us had the entire Star Wars section by Kenner. Kenner, this, this is how much of a Star Wars nut I was. I You know, because you would read the back and all the specs on the action figure. Action figures have come a long way because I've seen action figures in the more modern times versus back then. Back then, what used to bug me was the action figure's legs didn't bend at the knees. And they didn't bend at the uh, at the elbows, so they didn't have joints. They just the legs would go straight up and down, and the arms would go straight up and down. So you could never sit them properly. And the lightsaber came out of the sleeve of their hand, which was really corny, but co- it was cool back then. sure like he's not burning his hand or anything. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just sitting there reminiscing about uh all things Star Wars, man. Uh, I actually... My boy, uh, Maxie, Max, Max Brooks got me, uh, he gave me one of one of the nicest gifts, um, he gave me probably, it's probably been like eight, nine years now, uh, after we left SNL, uh, and Max, Max is a great, great friend, brilliant author, man, check out, uh, I always plug my friends if I, if I get a chance to, because, uh, they they hold me up, so I gotta hold them up. So Max, you can check out. He has a new. Well, it's probably not new by now, but it's still a great new book. It Came out a couple months months back. It's called The Harlem Hellfighters. This is a, a passion project about uh, an actual unit of uh, of soldiers, an African American unit of, or just a, a black unit of soldiers in the uh, in that took place during World War One. This is even prior to the Tuskegee Airmen and He's been working on this book probably this piece I should say for thirty years in different forms, and finally it came out in graphic graphic uh, novel form. And he also wrote World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide. Um, so he's a great author. But he uh, he says the, the <laughs> it's funny because like I said, I walk around quoting Star Wars all the time and and uh, and referring to Star Wars so. Uh, when we worked at SNL, um, one day I was walking, or I w- might have been in my office, and I just go, whew, 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 and he was like, "Yo," so like, "Yo, that's the strafing, uh, that's the strafing sound effect from uh, from Star Wars when the Tie Fighters were 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 um when when the X Wings were were uh going to destroy the Death Star, and it was like a, a moment." <laughs> Another one of those slow motion moments where it's like we both realized we had found each other. There are more like us out there. You know, because I made this noise for years not thinking anybody paid any attention to it. And he, he heard it clearly. And I wasn't doing it for him to hear. I just was sort of doing it um, subconsciously. And when he heard it, he was like, yo, that's the uh, that's the straight thing sound effect. I was like, yeah, you know it too. Oh, man, come in, give me a hug. So Max gave because he knows um, that my dad and I were, were Star Wars junkies, he gave me this, um, he gave me a, a real die lightsaber, like the, the heavy joint, you know, the expensive joint. And he, t- he took the button off because uh, a, only the Jedi, if I'm not mistaken, only a Jedi can turn his own lightsaber on and off. And so he took the button off. And the only way it activates, you have to make the wire. It's actually dangerous. Now that I think of it because <laughs> because I have kids, but you have to connect the wires in order to turn it on. Whole, but it's you know it's kind of cool. And yo, the lightsaber really—it's a real. Well, it's not you know it's not <laughs> it's not a real lightsaber because it's it's not a real weapon. But it's as close to a real lightsaber as because each time you move, like it really. Sounds like I really sound like a nerd right now. Wow. Yeah, the the force it surrounds us, it penetrates us. Um. Yeah, dude. I have. I actually have a joke. Mike just said it sounds like a hair hair haircut uh, buzzer, hair clippers. I have. I have a joke. I have a joke based around that. I'll give y'all the, the quick, the, the 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 skinny of the joke is. Uh, I love this is one of my favorite gifts, but it's expensive, and so I don't like my kids playing with it. Um, but it's funny because sometimes I leave the home and I come home and I hear that noise when I walk in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if my kids are playing with my lightsaber or if my wife is enjoying her privacy. <laughs> You, you know, you walk in and all you hear is, you're like, babe, I'm home. I'm like, are you using the force or the rabbit? And then the 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 end of the joke, the joke concludes by me saying I don't have uh, any weapons in my house. You know, a lot of guys I know will have a pistol or baseball bat. I got a lightsaber. So if you break in my house, all I have to protect my family is the force. I said, but if you come to my house late at night, that probably worked my advantage because I'm dark. So you come upstairs late at night, you ain't going to see me. All you'll see is that lightsaber. And that probably scared the hell out of somebody they see just this floating lightsaber. And then I'm like, babe, get him. And she has a little vibe. And I said, like, could you imagine someone attacking you with a. <laughs> it's funny because I haven't done this joke in a while. You imagine someone attacking you with a with a vibrator? that would probably traumatize you from doing simple things ever again, like going to get a haircut. You're like, yeah, just take a little off the back. <makes noise> no! and scene. Uh, you can catch me. Uh, uh I'll, I'll be here all week. Try the veal. So yeah, man. So that was a that was an awesome gift. But fast forward him now. Uh, I think December 2015. Uh, uh, Disney took over. Disney actually bought the rights to Star Wars for what, like four billion? For a lot, a lot more money than you and all of the listeners that are listening, all of us combined probably will ever see. Now, the films that I make one day will will, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, my movies are gonna gross by the time by the time I'm old and rusty, my films will have grossed at least three billion. That's where I'm going, Mike. If you're gonna climb the mountain, you gotta ring the bell. Ring the bell like Apollo Creed, ding ding. <laughs> Remember that ding ding. Now that's the end of three. That's the end of Rocky three. Yeah, where he's like, you look good, Daddy. I taught you. What. I don't know. You taught me. You taught me a little too good. told me a little good. <laughs> okay, come on, come, come on, come on. I don't know. I don't know if you do you, you would you like to ring the bell? Uh, ding ding. That was three. That was th- that was after he beat uh Clubber Lang. Yeah, you know it's funny as so Mike just said because you know Apollo died in Rocky Four, and for a split second I said, hey, hey, somebody might, not-. and then I was like, wait, the Statue of Limitations. Yeah. Oh, Mickey died. Oh, but we're giving it away for anyone who doesn't know that Mickey dies in Rocky Three because Mr. T pushes him out of the way. I was like, wow, Mickey for a boxing trainer, you were pretty frail, weren't you? Like- I <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> it's like, I remember watching, it and Mr. T was like, "Come here, paper champion!" And he puts him out of the way, and Mick is, uh, my, my heartache, And you like, well, oh, oh, and, and and Talia Shire, aka Adrian, he's like, Mickey, ah. And she's like, Mick, I got get go there. Hey, shut up! You know what I, I told tell you? Get out there! Get out there! <laughs> what, are, what are What are you talking at? So let's just get out there and yeah, you're gonna win. But, but you know what's messed up? Mickey knew that, that Rocky wasn't gonna win. He knew. He thought he was like, this he's, he, uh how, how do we, how we do? No, go. Say, say, go, bro. Me? Remember when he started? Me? Me? And then oh! Oh! Right, that's why the entire time that Mick got knocked in the... He got... Mr. T pleasantly uh, brushed him to the side. Mickey, obviously, he's old and frail and he shouldn't have been able to uh, really... Uh, I Like, I always look at it like he, he tripped. I mean, he can break a hip, but he can't get pushed into the railing of, of some steps. But okay, it's Hollywood. But the entire time... He he gets n- knocked in that corner. You, no one thought, oh, you know, and maybe we shouldn't trust the fight doctors because they're more equipped to fix cuts, and uh, maybe we could, you know, bring him to a hospital. Not nah, just, you know, what? No, nah, just just put him in, put him in his uh, in his training room. He just needs to catch a breather. Yeah, I, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm dying. I'm dying. Does anybody want to take into account? I was the penguin and maybe i need why am i suddenly gilbert godfrey for christ's sake <laughs> so anyway uh, as i was saying uh, they they took over we jj abrams disney sold sold the rights or or disney bought the rights to star wars and hired jj abrams who you know what for better or for worse man and JJ Abrams does come out with some shows that don't work uh, or movies that might not work. Like I like Super 8. Did you see Super 8, Mike? I like Super 8. Super 8, you know what? To me Super 8 was was JJ Abrams Spielberg movie. You know what I mean? In in that Spielberg back in the days, he liked doing he liked like the kids, he liked uh exploring kids exploring and learning uh, about themselves through their eyes and them going through their own adventures. So uh Super 8 was was like that for me. Um, but I mean JJ Abrams, you know, you know him from uh Lost, uh Cloverfield. Nobody liked Cloverfield, but I've seen Cloverfield since it came out. I don't hate it. I don't know if that that's not the that's not the compliment you want to give someone. <laughs> you know, if I if I meet JJ Abrams, I don't want to say, you know what, Cloverfield, I didn't hate it, JJ. Oh, excuse me. Um, but I I I uh I met JJ Abrams years ago. Um uh, I went in to read for Lost. Yeah, I read for I read for Lost, man. And uh and it's funny because Lost, and everybody now, like word everybody knows, like when lost. First was was uh was, law started out as a. It wasn't a script. They they just had it was like an eighteen page treatment. Yeah, and the audition. I don't think there were sides. Were there sides? I I, I could be mistaken. Yeah, there were sides. There were sides. Uh, but I re- okay, that's what it was. When when you got the sides, for those that don't know, sides uh in the realm of acting are are your lines, the script. The lines in the script that you have to learn. So I think I probably had there were probably about three or four pages and the role that I auditioned for was was it Walt? Was was that uh Harold Perrineau's character? The one, yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's a good way of putting it. You mean the the one black guy. Yeah. So I read for um I read for the role that Harold Perrineau uh eventually wound up uh booking and actually Harold went in like 2 after me he and i were both at the same but you know what's funny you can see me doing it now cuz i look a little older now back when uh this had to be 2000 i think this was when i had a deal with abc so this was like o three o four. and uh i that's which now that i'm thinking i'm like yeah of course that's that's why you uh you got to meet with well i i didn't just i didn't know audition i i met with directors you know and, and and his producers which now thinking back it probably was Carlton Cues and and the rest of his cadre crew um and went in and, and i wish in retrospect i wish i had gone in and i wish i had gone in and said look i probably ain't going to get this cuz i look too young to play this dude that has cuz 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 i know one of one of the things I've always had to deal with is when I'm reading for uh, an older role, I always I've always looked younger. I'm not complaining. God, I, God knows I ain't complaining. I'd rather look younger than Odin Griseld. But um, that's always been something I've had to deal with. Reading for things and people saying, yeah, "Hey, he was he he did a great job. He just we wanted someone that looked a little older." I used to get that note a lot. Now. Now I have some more wisdom hairs. And so like like my chin right now is salt and peppery. Uh, but I have to keep if if I want to audition for things that are older, I keep this, you know, or or I won't I won't put the medicine in my hair <laughs> before before I go on audition. So they're like, oh, he does have white hair. He's a little wiser. He can go both ways. But um I wish I I wish I had said to said to him, listen, man. Um, I wish I had gone and said The ability to destroy a planet Is insignificant Next to the power of the force Because that way he would have said Yo this dude is a Star Wars junkie And then I said You know what I'm probably not right for this But if ever you do anything In the Star Wars universe I'll let your boy You know I'll play an evil villain Evil is more fun Evil is always more fun in my opinion So anyway J.J. Abrams took over He's, he's helming it uh they just cast uh they just um uh set the majority of the cast they brought back the originals they brought back uh the trifecta of Luke Skywalker Mark Hamill Harrison Ford uh uh and Han Solo and Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia also well they also got um C3PO uh Anthony Daniels and Kenny Williams uh who played R2D2 these dudes are old, son. R2D2's got to be close to 80. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, son, I'm not even, you know what? I'm an IMDb, because I know Anthony Daniels. I saw a picture. And I was like, this dude is old dust. But I'm happy, I'm happy that he is still here, man, because it's just, it loans itself. Oh, Peter, yeah, he does. Does he do the... Yes, yes, Anthony Daniels does. R2D2, where are you? Yeah, you know what, Star Wars were all the. That's where I first started doing voices because there were so many like Obi Wan. Remember the Force. It's all. It's in the back of the. It's almost like you're forklift. Like I you back here and then you're talking and over. Remember the Force will be with you always. Run, Luke. Run, run, Luke. Run. Who? Which was then borrowed. Uh, by Ian, Sir Ian McKellen. Fly, who's fly? Fly, fool of a took. Next time, throw yourself in there. Um, what's his name? Ken, Kenny Williams. Why is Ken, Kenny Williams is a is a is a comic? Yeah, Kenny Williams is is a black comic that works the black circuit. Uh, Kenny's from Uptown. Uh, so here, that's not coming up. Kenneth Williams. I know Anthony Daniels. How about I just put an R two D and let's see uh, oh Kenny Baker okay that sounds less urban right (laughs) Kenny I was like Kenny Williams Yeah, son Kenny Baker is born August 24th 1934 he is 79 years old he's 79 years old I was close um damn but he looks good a little leathery a little leathery but he looks good um, so yeah, the, and they have a, uh, I think I said Peter Mayhew is playing Chewbacca. And this, this is a true Star Wars fan knows all the, uh, has because you read, you stayed in, you were so enthralled by this film, by this, as they called it a space opera, that you actually watched the credits roll. You bought the album. Did you have the album, Mike? Did your family have it? Yeah. Everybody's family bought the album. You listened to the album. On, on Saturday morning, as you were cleaning up after Soul Train went on, you put on the entire soundtrack to Star Wars, and then you chase it with uh, Stevie Wonder intervisions, which was weird. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was just it was a moment. So I, for one, I'm gonna say I'm excited. I don't know why y'all can't see it, but I'm moving uh, like the character on Orange is a New Black, which is another show I've been watching. And uh, yeah, uh, anyway. Um, so uh, I don't know where that came from, but I really just started channeling my inner orange is the new black because my hands are very the one with crazy eyes, crazy eyes. Uh, who has a real name? Suzanne is her real name uh, played by Abu... Oh, Anyway, I ain't going to try in front. Huh? Any black characters in Orange is the New Black? Oh, I was gonna say uh, "Orange is the New Black" takes place in prison. Of course, there are black characters. No, well, you know what? The 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 one black character, the one black actor or actress. You know what? It would be cool. No, you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now let me just point out. Here's what Mike just said. Or Mike, he said, "Are there any black characters in in the new films?" And I was about to answer, and then he said. Oh, you know what? Billy D Williams would be cool. You think well, you know what? Is, is he dead? And let me tell you why that's funny because honestly, that's that's you want to be successful as as an actor. And I have jokes about a variety of topics, but I have a joke based on this. I said, "I want to I want to get old. I want to become famous. But I want to become too famous where people always know about me. I, you never want to become uh you never want to become the dude that people like. Is he dead? He died yet? Like somebody like like remember remember Robert Guillaume from Benson? He's one of those people you're like ain't died yet. But Lucas Junior. He dead? I ain't seen him since. And look look look. He's Mike is like is he? No, but he's one of those because you don't you don't see a lot of these cats out in the uh in 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 front of the camera as often as you might have seen them. At one point, Lou Gossett is an Oscar-winning actor, but he's one of those dudes, he ain't that? What about Billy D? Benson? What about Ben Vereen? I like him as uh as Chicken George and Roots. He could dance. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, Mike, and to anyone out there that doesn't know, uh the 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 Oscar-winning actor, Lupita Nyong'o, uh for she, she 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 got cast. Um she's one of the new characters. Um we're not sure if she's gonna be good or evil. I'm happy for her because unfortunately, when it comes to I just read an article, and I think unfortunately, well Hollywood is uh, there still is a there is still is uh sexism, obviously. But Hollywood is just a microcosm of society. And yeah man it's harder for women it's harder for women it's 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 harder for women and then it's harder for people of color uh to you know make make way in Hollywood and to really make a splash um and then if you're a woman and you want to be respected as an actress and not just uh eye candy it becomes even harder so they're they're what, what huh you know what well you it's funny uh Mike said is there anyone chinese and, and and native american I I think this I think I'm hoping that uh this new Star Wars universe features a variety of different people in in uh in a uh land long ago far far away I I hope that you see um actors representing all races on a larger scale, I think in the in the newer ones they did, I'd say in episodes one, two, and three in in uh, the Phantom Menace and 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 some of these, you saw more people uh, like the Jedi. Remember, remember the Jedi. It seemed like the the Jedi Council was made up of a variety of different people, but you couldn't really tell because they were covered in makeup. You know, I remember uh Queen Amadella's uh uh one of her lieutenants, he was a black dude. Um, Jimmy Smits, who's Latino, he he played uh what, Bail Organa, Princess Leia's dad. So so there were, you know, I think as we've we've moved forward as as a species and as a as a nation or as a world, I think people have said, you know what, we gotta we gotta we gotta go the Roddenberry uh, angle, cause Star Trek always, always said, you know what? I'm representing everybody. I don't want nobody's in; they're not represented. We we have, we have uh, a Russian because of, we have all this these uh, this Cold War drama. So I'm gonna make sure there's a Russian to show there's some good Russians. I'm gonna have an Asian. Uh, turns out they they had uh, the 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 gay Asian, you know. Uh, so they covered two two birds with one stone. <laughs> um they had a, a a black woman um and and they had a a Mexican in spot. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> and and uh, and they had and they had Scotty. Uh on Um and he was Scottish. Um so they had everything. So I hope I hope this new Star Wars universe uh gives everybody a chance shine. It looks like they have, like, even, uh, they cast one of the dudes, I don't, no one knows what roles these people are playing, because it's very hush-hush, which is good, because I, I actually, I prefer not knowing, like, when the movie does come out in 2015, I don't want to see the first looks. I feel like first looks ruin things. I feel like first looks always show too much. I feel like they, uh, they show too much in the commercials nowadays and give away, if not key plot points, they give away too much juice. I was saying before you got back, uh, the, when the first Star Wars came out, honestly, I had no idea what the I mean, I was only six years old, but I still remember seeing the commercial clearly and being intrigued by it and saying, yo, what is, why, why is he in a, why is he in something metal that looks like computerized, but he's on a rope swinging, you know, he's swinging like in the forest, but he's obviously in a man-made, uh, uh, mechanism. Um, so yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, this dude from Girls, um, I don't, I don't watch the show, I'm not really familiar with the show, but I do, I have seen the show, and so I know the actor, and I like the fact they didn't go with the, the, the good, this is not to say dude is ugly, but dude is definitely not George Clooney or Brad Pitt or Denzel or Morris Chestnut, um... This dude, you see what I did there? I made sure I said some white dudes and some black dudes. That way, if sisters are listening, they say, oh, so he just ain't going to talk about... Oh, okay, he he said he said Denzel. As long as he said Denzel, I'm good. So, this dude is not anyone's standard of, of beauty or uh as far as men go or handsome as men go. But it, you know what? It shouldn't be based on on looks. It should be based on uh talent and what he could possibly bring to it. And obviously, J.J. Abrams... S- saw something in dude's acting that he liked, so I'm all for it. I, I'm one of those people, along with Big Mike, I didn't mind episodes one, two, and three. I know that's sacrilege to say to some of y'all, but look, let's be honest, man. If you want to make the movie that you want to make, make that movie. Don't don't talk about it, be about it. Lucas, yes, Lucas uh, obviously had children, and so he said, you know what? um, Let's go with more Muppets, <laughs> you know? Let's have more Muppets in the Star Wars universe. You Know and why while you added it, add a West Indian creature named Jajar Banks because that's what that's everybody black I knew that that saw uh episode one was like, so so the boy, I'm just gonna have, have this this one that that talk this Babylon, it babbling like Babylon, no, so missa missa a ghost, good, you're like, what, 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 that's what. That's urban legend. I don't know if it's true, but I know a lot of West Indians were like, "Word." It's like when Predator came out, you were like, "Word, you just going to give them dreadlocks, huh?" Big big giant creature. And then remember in uh in 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 uh in Predator 2 when they were in LA in post-apocalyptic future futuristic uh Los Angeles and it was only like 1998. But but 1998 was thrust into this this um uh, this chaotic war zone where gangs ran the city and everyone was armed and there was truth to it. but there was a scene where where there was this guy and he they all movies with when they had, when they in the in the early early to mid 90s when they wanted to have uh any West Indians even if they weren't West Indian, they just made them well he's Jamaican and they'd give him dreadlocks and he had to speak in a con. In a in a sinister tone. And so they had the the guy that played Calvin, I forgot his last name. He he used to play in all the Black Exploitation movies and the Uptown Saturday night and uh and uh, damn, what's the name? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. He played uh he played Biggie Smalls in, in Let's Do It Again. And, and he was playing a Jamaican uh uh g- grandmaster, and but he was in in the uh an alley. Uh telling the future with chicken bones and a garbage can lid turned on. I used to, I still can't stand it. Because them boys of Babylon are coming for you. What are you gonna do? And like what you're you're really gonna have a Jamaican in there, but you have this creature and you try and make him look Jamaican by putting these, these futuristic space dreadlocks on him. That what you wanna do? So um you yeah, but see you never you never paid attention to. Oh good. yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I live with a Jamaican, so <laughs> any time that movie's on and she sees it or oh, she's like all oh, you hear, is, she just sucks her teeth. Oh, <laughs> so I did not mind, aside from Jar Jar, and I really, I'm, I'm semi joking with Jar Jar. Binks, I didn't mind the uh the first the episode one, two, and three concluded with the Revenge of the Sith, um, where you because the first three movies were really to show. Uh, Anakin Skywalker's uh, transition from a little boy who's powerful in the Force, um, and how he became Darth Vader, became this uh, emperor of the Sith. One thing I wish the, the one one wish I one thing I wish they did do in the original movies or in the first uh, three movies um, was give us a little bit more Darth Maul. I felt like I felt like Darth Maul was a was a bad for mucker, and I don't think he got enough he got enough shine. I didn't need to hear him talk. I thought there was something something dope about the fact that he didn't speak. You know, he was like he was like uh, LL Cool J's co creator. He rocks a beat with his hands. He speaks with his hand. My man, he ain't have to use his voice. And so that's that was Darth Maul. Maul spoke with the with uh, a a dual edged lightsaber, and he was gully, and he took out. Uh, what's his name? kui John? kui John, uh... kui John Jin played by Liam Neeson before Liam Neeson became an old badass. Like, now Liam Neeson, anything you see him in, he's just essentially, he's old, but he still. I will find you, and I will kill you. I will find you. When did Liam Neeson stop opening his mouth? Now everything he says, he says it. I saw that movie, uh... The gray where he was, it was, they, they were like out, it was, they were like fighting a pack of wolves and everything he said was in this tone and all I could think was, shouldn't you yell? You're calling out to them. They can't hear you because you're speaking in muffled tones. This wolf doesn't care if you're old. This wolf will find you and he will kill you. So yeah man, I I had no problems. I mean, I I'm sure I had some problems when I saw them, but if they come on now, that's how I always judge a movie. If a movie comes on cable, even if I have the DVDs or or the or some in some cases the VHS cuz I still have the original um I still have the first gift uh videotape I ever got when my parents first bought the their uh my one well, my dad, I should say my parents when my dad got his his uh, first VCR, they came home. I had done bad on my report card, and I was sulking because he had a videotape for everybody. He had, like, I think the Road Warrior, and Rocky Three was one of our first videotapes. And then he said, Dino, come here. And he pulled out Star Wars, Star Wars and it was in a big, giant box because back in the days, I don't know why, but they felt like uh, videotapes had to be in this... Uh, nuclear war, <laughs> nuclear war survival kit so that it wouldn't uh, get disintegrated if a nuclear uh, holocaust occurred. A holocaust? Holocaust, i like to buy you a holocaust. And so, um, so I got Star Wars, I hop down excited. And Mike and I were talking earlier and Mike said, if you cannot buy those originals anymore, you can't find them. They won't sell them because... Lucas, George Lucas, director of the originals, he wanted to make sure that his true vision is the only vision that's out there. So you can't, you can't find him, but I got a copy in my basement. If any of y'all want to check it out, let me know. So all that to say, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this new incarnation of the star. I, I No one knows any plot points, and honestly, I don't care. I feel like I'm a six, seven-year-old kid again. Because I'm looking forward to it now. Now having children, you can say, you know what? I want to bring bring the kids to see it. Because I remember, I remember waiting in line. I remember uh, after when when Empire Strikes Back. Well, I I remember going to see Star Wars a couple of times in the movie theaters, you know. And then when Empire came out, I remember my father got off. My parents got off work early. We went up to Yonkers. I think we got up to Yonkers um, because we used to go up. To Yonkers to Movie Land to see movies. They had Cinema Four, they had Movie Land. And the line for Star Wars was so long that uh, the movie was playing, I think, in Movie Land, but the line extended all the way back to the other movie theater because it was so long. Because people, and we, we waited in line. My, yeah, well, you know, this was even before, like, it was big. People weren't dressed up in our line. I think people people really only like the 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 fan the fanatics were only dressing up for like the the Zig the uh was it Ziegfeld, uh Ziegfeld premieres and, and like the premiere out in uh, at Man's uh Chinese you see people because people knew they were gonna get screen time, but nobody's going to Yonkers to <laughs> have the Channel 7 News come in and uh check out their their imperial. <laughs> Their Imperial uh, stormtrooper uniform. Um, but yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm looking forward to waiting in line because I remember when uh when episode one came out, uh we we had advanced screeners because um they, they invited the entire cast and uh writing staff from SNL. So we got to go down. I remember getting a big I remember it was a big deal because Lauren went. Lauren even went to the to, to see it. Yeah. I was like, oh this must be big because Lauren, Lauren's uh going to get popcorn, you know? <laughs> and uh and yeah man, I, I think I don't I don't think um I feel like this generation hasn't had a movie that made a similar the same impact. They've had similar moments, uh flashes of of those moments, like with the Matrix trilogy, I think when the second Matrix came out, the first one had made such a splash and sort of revolutionized with the, uh, what is it called? This, uh, not the stop motion. Um, with the bullets piercing and this, you know, the slow-mo. Is it the slow-mo? They just, they, the super slow-mo. Like, I, I think people got excited about that and then everyone started using it in their movies. And now you see these 360 degree shots in movies. So it was, that was revolutionary and people were excited about the second one. The third one, eh, people, people kind of, kind of, it kind of went someplace, but, but I mean, a lot of people had problems with Return of the Jedi. You know, I, I remember a lot of people, not not a lot, but I remember people saying Jedi was was the beginning of the cuteness with the Ewoks, you know. But once again, I did not mind because if 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 you looked at it, I. I think people would just want to find something to be pissed off about. Honestly, I had no problem with the Ewoks. I was also 12 years old when when the Ewoks came out, so I didn't mind, you know. But I also remember then they did a Saturday morning cartoon. We are the E E E E E E, e, e Ewoks, and then they did a, a, a Ew. They did an Ewok movie. They did a, an Ewok television special with like special guest appearances. With uh, Mark Hamilton, Mark Hamilton, Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker, as it were. Uh, But this one, I I have a good feeling because J.J. Abrams, he rebooted the Star Trek franchise and did, you know, for what it's worth, did a pretty damn good job. You know, I think I I was happy with it. I, I, I remember Max said, it's not the Star Wars we grew up on or pardon me, it's not the Star Trek we grew up on. But I was I was I enjoyed it, you know, and I was pretty much the same. I I liked the second Star Trek a little even more because I I like how they uh I jeez I don't I, I almost I'm afraid have the statute limitations passed on giving away some of the plot. Yeah, you know, like it's obviously it's Khan. Is uh I think his name is Cumberbatch. He he plays uh uh the the role originated by the the. Uh wonderfully pectoral to Ricardo Monteblan. gone uh, I but I no no I never forget the face, Mr. Chekhov. Um I watched way too many movies uh, in the back in the days, man. But I I I I enjoyed what JJ J. Abrams did with, with uh both Star Treks, and so I'm looking forward to uh I'm looking forward to a whole new generation of of kids um you know getting into the the Star Wars universe and then maybe going back and rediscovering the um the, the first six episodes because think about it what what other movie has given you nine movies like they're they're kung Fu movies that the Shaw Brothers have produced, but I don't know if they've gone nine movies deep that's that's kind of dope man. And, and the fact that uh that Kenny Baker is is almost uh 80 years old. Makes me say they, they may want to shoot these back to back, man. I know that sounds more, but it's true, man. I don't want nobody else playing R2-D2. Nobody else playing any of these roles. I want everybody. I want I want James Earl Jones somehow to come back in force projection form only. Well, Vader's dead, but the... Sp- well, we know he's dead because remember at the end of Return, of, Mike is asking, "How do we know Vader is dead?" But at the end of Return, Return of the Jedi, you see the ghosts of the uh, of the fallen Jedi with Obi Wan and Anakin. It's 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 old, and but you know what? Yeah, they uh in the new in the they've re edited it again because back back when it first came out, you saw old crusty, some old white guy playing. Anakin but but now since the new ones I think they've put Anakin they put uh Hayden Christensen in which might make sense I guess because if you think about it he was he he stopped being Anakin once he became Vader and so when we're seeing his force projection it would make sense that it's the last remnants of Anakin but then somebody could argue that that he he became Anakin again when he when he sacrificed when he killed the emperor to save Luke. So he says so so I, I, any 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 Star Wars nerds um you know holla at me and let me know what you think. What's your theory? I also understand that there Oh yeah, no there'll be a villain. The 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 Sith the Sith um cuz remember uh, the sith lords um yeah they there are only supposed to be two but uh when when jim i i'm re, i'm actually reading uh a, a book currently too and i think it goes into the origin of emperor palpatine and yes even though yours even though there's so, supposed to only be two that doesn't mean that a sith a Sith apprentice may not begin teaching someone. So there's a chance that Darth Vader uh, was training someone else in the ways of the dark side of the Force, you know? Um, Yes. Anyway, man, um, I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. I understand there's some people that might be listening that could give a damn about Star Wars. Joseph Vessi being one of them. So I'm going to enjoy the fact that he has to sit through this and listen to make sure it's cleaned and edited properly. And Joseph I I I, I hope this one is for you Joseph because for all those that don't know Joseph Vesey has never seen and could give a damn about anything that takes place in the Star Wars universe. I'm 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 paraphrasing phrasing but uh nah nah man you know for the most part nah I never. I, you know never never did anything for me never I you know, people, people have told me for years, but you know, it's yeah, whatever. Right, if Sandler did a space <laughs> movie, I guarantee you, oh, well, maybe, what is this that I call the Force? If I call it the Force, and, and Hurley, he directed it, I, I'm sure Vessi would wind up on set as an assistant. <laughs> They'd even say Santa say, "Well, you know what? I have a role in it. No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna. I just want to shadow you, man. I just want to learn." <laughs> this was for you, Vessie. So this is the father Mucket Star Wars episode. Finally, it was bound to happen. You knew it was because I'm a Star Wars junkie. Uh, as always, uh, tell a friend. Please tell a friend. Go tell a friend. Go right now. Right now. Just you know what? Uh, tweet about it, man. Man, click on the on the link on the all things. I know it says tweet click on it, and send out a tweet to your friends saying, yo, this is an episode you gotta check out. Why? Because Dean is going in on Star Wars. I know I just, I really just gave y'all a a, a surface, uh, the surface of the Star Wars thing. Like, this thing goes deep for me, but I don't want to get too nerdy because I understand there are a lot of people that aren't into it. So for those people that, huh? Yeah. for for those people that, uh, Didn't know anything about Star Wars. I hope you leave enlightened. I appreciate you listening to the entire episode because you have a million other things you could have been doing, but you decided to stay with me. And I, for one, got to say I appreciate it. But always remember this. Well, before I say that, uh, please subscribe um, to, to the Father Monk Protocol and all things comedy, SoundCloud, iTunes. Comment, like, uh, you know, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. At I am Dean Edwards. Uh, check out Vessi's podcast, The Callback. Uh, check out my man Ian Edwards. He has his new album. His new CD is available on TeamCoco.com. It's called One uh, Hundred Percent Half Ass. Oh, Mike, you watched it? Oh, that's dope. That's dope, Mike. Watched it. He he uh he gives the thumbs up. Uh, which um i i wouldn't doubt um check out ian's podcast called uh the soccer comic rant which is perfect given that we're here in the middle of the world cup so um check out ian because he's definitely giving you some insight to those fans of, of football or soccer as you want to call it and you want to uh, keep up with what's going on behind the scenes or with the scores um Support my man, uh, Dean Del Rey's podcast. Uh, Let there be talk. Dean Dean always, uh, without fail, he always retweets and always tells people to check out my podcast. And he's also those are both uh, uh, my brothers on all things comedy, man. And uh, I appreciate y'all uh, supporting. Like I said um, recently, make sure you check check me out if you're in the Western New York or Central New York area. Make sure you catch me at the Comedy Club in Webster, New York. That's the name of the club. It's called the Comedy Club. Comedy Club. Uh, it's in Rochester, uh, in, uh, Rochester, New York, um, a suburb of Rochester called Webster. I'll be there uh, July 17th, 18th, and 19th. And also you can catch me at Magooby's Joke House in August, August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Uh. I just got back from a cruise because by the time this airs, y'all, y'all, I'll be a little tanner and a little darker, a little crispier and have some, some great stories. I'm looking forward to sharing with y'all about this next phase of Dean Edwards on the road. Uh, so always, if you learn nothing else today, remember this, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant. That's the power of the force. If only you knew a Dark Side. Two fingers peasy.